This episode is brought to you by FX's The Veil, starring Elizabeth Moss. FX's The Veil is an international spy thriller that follows two women as they play a deadly game of truth and lies on the road from Istanbul to Paris and London. One woman has a secret, and the other has a mission to reveal it before thousands of lives are lost. FX's The Veil, now streaming, only on Hulu. I'm not nearly buzzed enough to get truthful about all that. Yeah, so. <laughs> and this is not nah, this ain't podcast talk. We ain't putting none of all this right. shit on the on, on the podcast. Oh, where we at? <laughs> She's like, I just <laughs> turned it up and <laughs> saved it. Oh, you recorded that. Yes, shit, we are though. putting no, I'm kidding. Yeah. It's recording. It's recording yeah, now. So y'all go whenever. <laughs> all right. We money. You know what I want to talk to you about, B? Uh, I, I do not actually. I no, do, of course I, you don't. I do not know. There's no way for you to know. Because <laughs> I'm that good at well, what I do. Yes, you are. <laughs> I want to talk to you about management in radio and podcasting and 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 also in bringing friends in podcasting and here's why have you are you familiar with the joe budden podcast yes so i don't know if you've paid attention to what has been going on with it lately no well joe budden podcast for those who may not be aware is basically the number one podcast in the urban yeah but yeah, they, they do numbers. Okay. Super numbers. So here, you got four guys. They come into it as friends, quote unquote friends. So these are not dudes that worked together before. These are all Joe's friends. Exactly. And it's his podcast. Yes, sir. Okay. It's, and it started off as, I'll name this podcast later. That's what, that was Joe Budden. He used to be a rapper. He built a fan base off of rapping. Not a huge one, but enough that he could start a podcast and see where it goes. So just for context for me, were these other guys in the entertainment world? Were they Not like, at all. No, just dudes that were funny. That they were Not all, even funny. They're just all vibing together. They're just his friends. Okay. They're not even, I'm going to be honest with you, behind a the mic, they're okay. They're not great. They're uh-huh. not making or breaking anything. Okay. But they're his friends. I already see a problem. Okay. You see it? You uh, see it coming, right? I see right? it coming, yeah. So Joe brings these guys on, and it started off as I'll name this podcast later. He had a guy on there named Rory who he brought on early in the game, and then about 70 or 80 episodes in, he brought in another guy named Maul. These are just guys he knew. Okay. Eventually, make a long story short, the podcast takes off. Now it's a $100 million podcast. Damn. Big business. They're doing hundreds of millions of views, and it goes and it goes. Now, they've been trending for about a week or two because there's been issues. Once the money started to come into play, mm-hmm. everybody wasn't as happy mm-hmm. as Joe thought they might have been. Okay. Joe saw it as a business thing. Yeah, I get it. You guys are my friends, and I should probably cater to you as such. But at the same time, this podcast was built off of my name. Right. That's why we are where we are. And they felt like they should have more money. Joe felt like they shouldn't mm-hmm. for whatever reason. So they got into some conflict over that. And then he ended up firing them on air. All of them. He fired both of them. Got them out of here. <laughs> he only kept one co-host. Got two, two of the other ones. He's like, yeah, you're done. So they go on the air and they don't even know what's coming. They're just coming on to talk about their conflict, about the money. And he's like, then just get out of here. Exactly. Because wow. when, when the money became an issue, it was clear tension between the co-host. And you and I have had these talks. Like one of the things that you've always said to me that I've always remembered is chemistry is extremely important. Oh, my God. It's everything, man. In this game. Yep. 
And when you told me that, I started to look at certain radio shows and realize, like, okay, there's some tension there. This doesn't look mm-hmm. like what I thought it was, mm-hmm. right? And then the Joe Budden podcast proved to be exactly that. Because here you are. You got a number one podcast, hundred millions of dollars. Yep. I mean, what more do you want? Yep. And they ended up having tension on air. Joe asked one of them, hey, you know what? Take a few pods off. And I think what the biggest issue here was they didn't want to feel like they were employees to someone that they called a friend. They felt like, who are you to tell me I need to take a pod or two off? Well, it's the Joe Budden podcast. Mm -hmm. He's Joe Budden, right? So he asked them to do that. And then that led to a whole nother slew of things where they took a couple pods off. He brought in some new guys. The new guys weren't that good at first, but then they started to figure it out. Mm -hmm. They started to pick up a little steam. And then all of a sudden he fires the other guys. And in in that moment, I realized. So he he fired the guys that were just taking a couple of weeks off? Yep. Okay. He said, you know what? I'm done. He had a valid point. I, I saw both sides of it. His friend's side was, hey. I asked you for some numbers. You didn't give them to me. You mm-hmm. told me to take a couple of days off, so I did. Mm-hmm. And I, it ended up being a month off. Joe's side was, I get it that you were in your feelings and that you're my friend. But at the end of the day, this is a business. You can't just not show up. Right. Even if you feel some kind of way. What other business in the world can you just not show up? And I realized then, I said, wow, it must be really difficult to manage all of these personalities. And the, and the thing that Joe said in the end of it, he ended up having to fire his friends. They're no longer friends. He has new co-host on. Mm-hmm. And he said it, the hardest thing to do in the podcast world, which he discovered, was once he became number one and the money started rolling in, he didn't know how to manage the personalities on the show. It was too much for him to do. And yep. he failed at being a leader in that moment. And he also said it was difficult to separate the difference between friends and business. And that's where he failed. And that's when I realized that's something that no one ever really considers. <clears throat> it's the hardest part of my job. I'm not a natural manager at all. I'm a people pleaser, man. I want people to be like me. And learning the business side of this um, has been really, really difficult because at the end of the day, this really is about chemistry. Um, let me think about this for a second. Take your time. Yeah. Um, hmm. Yeah, it is all about business. So the best thing that you can do is have somebody deal with that business for you so you can just be you. But at the end of the day, everybody else on the, the show knows that you have the final word on things. And it's such a fine line when we do what we do because we have to come in here and we got to really like each other. But the truth of the matter is, if you're not happy with your situation off the air, then it fucks with the chemistry on the air also, right? right? Um, it's a difficult – it's really, really hard. Um, I think the way that I handle managing now is just with complete honesty, man. And I also come from – the personality side of it. So it's a little bit different than having a suit take care of it. Like I know how you guys are feeling about how you're being treated by the host because I was in that position before. Mm -hmm. This is the very first time. I'm not really sure that I'm answering your question. No, you are. Um, This is the very first time in the 20 years that we've done the Burt Show where I feel like the chemistry is the best. It really is the best. Um, there's no ulterior motives. There's nobody on the show that I know is talking shit to other 
cast members, right? And there's not a separation. I feel like everybody's on the same page. Everybody understands their role. I don't distrust anybody. I've had people on the show before where I'm like, you know what? The ratings are so good. I'm just going to turn. I'm just going to pretend like I don't see what I see. (laughs) I don't see it. Yep. And the ratings kept getting good and good and good. And I made a lot of managerial decisions out of insecurity that if the same thing were to happen now, I would handle it very. I would nip that shit right in the ass, man, Mm. quick. Whereas before things were going so well and I didn't know how to manage the situation, you know. And I didn't have that. Even in doing the show, like, we might have been 10, 12 years into it. I was still too insecure to say, you know what? We, the show is going to be fine without that person. Mm. Uh, and then when I learned that, I became a, a better manager. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and it's not that it wouldn't, you know, I just, I just feel like there are a lot of talented people out there. Everybody can be replaced, myself included. And I know that every single day. But to try to manage out of insecurity just doesn't work. Now, in his situation, that's tough because people really are coming to that podcast for him. Right. And whoever else you have on the show there is a nice side benefit if they're adding. I don't think that's the case with us. I think people come to our show not because Bert, but they come for the whole show. They come for Mo. They come for Davi. They come from Cassie and Kristen. And I know that. So... But he he is in the center of that universe right there. So I can understand where he's like, y'all don't, you aren't making anything. I put you on this podcast. Y'all think you're way better than you really are. And then he brings in a whole other shift. And then they start to get their feet underneath them. And he's really. It still works. It still works. Yeah. Yep. That's interesting. Okay. But this studio is, the studio we have now, just trying to connect to it, is the most talented studio that I've ever worked with between you and Davi and Kristen and what Cassie gives also and everybody off the air also. I'm looking at Katie um, who brings in personal stories also and is still growing in that role um, and Romeo who didn't even realize he had talent that we're still trying. This is the most talented show from top to bottom and I'll stand by this than any other show in the country. We are blessed, man. I feel like I listen to a lot of other shows, B, and there are a lot of positions. And I'm not saying that this because you're here. You know that. I'd I'd be honest with you. But I feel like a lot of other shows, there are positions that wouldn't even get a chance to tell on-air stories. Yeah, there are a lot of dudes that are very insecure and women that are very insecure about bringing anybody else on the show. Right. Uh, It's so dog-eat-dog that, man, maybe Moe's going to get so popular that I got to keep him off the air. Because if he becomes more popular than me, I'm going to lose my job. If that happens, that happens. Now. And that's how you look at it. Now. It yeah. is what it is. Yep. I think I've always actually looked at it like that. I would imagine that's probably one of the hardest parts of your job that you never typically have to talk about, though, managing. I never talk about it. Um, yeah. I hate dealing. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm the one that has to deal with contracts. I got people that are doing the negotiate ne- negotiating, but... I mean, I've got to deal with contracts and money and bonuses and all that. And I hate every single second of it because as a personality, I'll give everything. (laughs) Here, take it. (laughs) And I got people going, you can't do that, man. At the end of the day, there's a budget. You'll never be able to survive on this. So there's a really fine line there. And I don't really think I'm very good at walking it. So I hire people that are assholes. 
<laughs> sorry, sorry, Scott. <laughs> well, you said two things that are profound there, though, because Joe actually uh, apologized and realized that he did need the suits in between himself yeah. and some of his employees. You and do. He said that, and you know, he he also spoke to when you are managing all of these personalities, you 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 have to manage them differently. I think that's a part of coaching, somewhat, right? Like in sports, to one guy, you can say, "Hey." Need you to get your head out your ass and get in the game. Right. I can say that to you. Right. Uh-huh. That'll get him, that'll get me going. Yep. You know that's me. Yep. Like, tell me y- y- your shit today. Yep. I'll get going. But there may be another player who you got to pull to the side and 100%. say a little differently. Yep. Uh, 100%. There are some that have been on the staff and maybe on now that need uh, a little bit more positive reinforcement. You know right. what? That was a great break. You're doing so great. This and this and this. I don't feel like... You need that as much. Your motivation is, uh, you're, you're, everybody on this show is self-motivated, so I want to be real careful about that. I really do feel that way. Um, mm, Without giving specifics, I'll agree with you. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Again, because this is a really great example of how you got to be very, very careful about the difference between being an air personality and a manager. 100%. Because everybody on the show is going to be listening to this. And at some day, they're going to walk into the studio at some point, and if I say something stupid, that's going to ruin the chemistry. Right. And that, again, goes back to it being the most important thing. That's how sensitive it is. Yeah. You have to be aware of that if you want to start a radio show or a podcast. My, my knee-jerk reaction is always to speak with authenticity and speak with uniqueness, but as a manager... Can't really do that <laughs> all the time. <laughs> it's not, not the easiest thing in the world. Uh-uh, it sucks. Have you ever had to work beside, not saying now, you don't have to say any names, but someone you just couldn't stand? Um, I'm Never on the Burt Show, somebody I couldn't stand, no. But I have been part of other shows where there have been people that I could not stand and they could not stand me. And we would have to go on the air and try to try to fake it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was better at faking it than they were at towards me. <laughs> and if she's listening from Dallas, she knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> God, this woman in, in Dallas, man, Kelly knows that she hated me. Kelly Raspberry hated me in Dallas. You can keep this in. Okay. Um, it was, dif- she was difficult. Um, she was tough on every producer and she did not like me. And Man, she was so good on the radio, and I was so insecure at the time. I couldn't defend myself, I didn't feel like. But uh, I tried. I actually, this is something I have never talked about before. Yes, sir. Let's okay, do it. Okay, you ready? Yes, I'm ready. I tried to quit that show in Dallas. Really? Yes. Wow. Yes. And I loved working for Kid Craddock, but man, I walked in there one day and I'm like, I can't do this anymore, man. This girl hates me mm-hmm. and I don't like this job at all. And he essentially said, shut the fuck up. You signed a contract. You're not going anywhere. Get your ass in that studio. And I'm glad he did, but I tried getting out of that thing. And you said, fuck it. I'm going to go in and do it anyway. Uh, I had to. Yeah, I had to. And I was, you know, I was pissed. I was pissed. I didn't give shit for a couple of days, like nothing on the air. Wow. And I thought he'd just go, you know what? Get out of here. Uh, but damn it, he never did. Never broke. I had to I had to do another year with her. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's talk about time management. You got a lot of shit on your plate, That's man. funny. I mean, a lot of people always ask me that question. They're like, how do you manage all of this time? 
Yeah, and, I'm going to ask you the same thing. How do you manage all that time? Because I wouldn't be able to do it. Um, yeah. With what you're doing with your time is, I mean, as we talked about before, your content antenna is up so much. So for you to do a podcast, which I still don't think those that aren't in the podcast world know how difficult and time-consuming that is, plus the demands of the Burt Show on you, because you got to come in here, yeah. you got to be on your game every day, you got to provide content and personal stories, uh, your podcast, eventually you're going to get back to doing stand-up. Dude, I, I, I got no answer for you. <laughs> I got nothing. I'm all over the place. The only thing that works for me when I'm disciplined enough to do it is do a to-do list and then stick to it one by one by one. But I can do, um, I've never been diagnosed with ADD. I joke about it, but it's the truth. I've never been diagnosed because every time I go online to take one of those ADD tests, I never get through it. That's not a joke. That's the truth. I'm just so bored. I can't get through it. (laughs) If you can't get through an ADD test, what what do they do for you at that point? That's it. They just start sending you emails saying, you didn't even get through it. You got ADD. This is it. (laughs) So uh, I see this with my son also that uh, because what I'll do is – I'll start answering emails, and then something will pop into my head like, oh, I should go on Instagram and answer those. And then I get caught up in that for 30 minutes, and then I'm over here, and then I'm over there. So me and time management is – it's a juggling act that I fail every single day. I'm not good at it. I I mean, you have a lot on your plate. Not everybody wakes up. Everybody has a lot on their plate, man. (laughs) Everybody. Single moms, parents, single people. Uh, Katie was working three freaking jobs at one point. That's fair. Everybody has a lot of shit on their plate. Everybody, man. But B, what I've noticed about you, man, is it, you know, when you have your own show, that's, I mean, yes, okay, I'm on a bird show, I'm on Jade and Mo, I got my own podcast, yes, I, I got a lot of shit I'm doing. That's true. And I have, yes, time management has become very important to me uh, this year, since I've started Jade and Mo for sure. But, at the same time, there's nothing like there's nothing like having to sit there and actually develop a schedule, content wise, for a four hour show yeah. every fucking day. I don't like it. Oh my god, I can't even imagine <laughs> it. It's on my it's on my mind all the time. That's what I'm that saying. Fucking schedule, yes, all the time, <laughs> man. Yes, God, it, it it's it, it's draining. It really is. It's super draining. So I'm trying to work two days in advance now because I was working on tomorrow's schedule while we were on the air today, and that was stressing me out. Right. Like, I am not good at multitasking. That's why I, I like, get all pissy with Tommy, <laughs> like, when we're in studio because I'm trying to focus on the show, and he's like, hey, can you cut this and can you cut that? And I'm just – it irritates me to have to do two or three things at the same time. I can't do it. Yeah. Um. So that schedule is always on my mind, and it's such a balance now putting together the Burt Show because, you know, when I'm putting it together, it's more of a jigsaw puzzle than anything else. If we do something serious, I need to have something light following that up. There are 10-minute breaks, but people don't listen for 10 minutes anymore. So now I'm breaking the 10-minute segments up into two five-minute segments. At 7.10, if we talked about something serious today, I can't put something serious at 7.10 tomorrow. It's always on my mind. It's draining, man. (laughs) This this takes me somewhere because this is one of my favorite things that people probably don't know. Um, Bird has like a sheet of paper. 
<laughs> that you have used throughout the show. It looks like graffiti. It looks like a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. And it's on a sheet of paper of which the entire show you have put down your ideas, thoughts. Maybe this is for the next show. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, so you might be talking and then I'll write something down because yes. we can't get to it right then. Right. So I'll scribble it down to talk about tomorrow morning or later on the day. Yes. Yep. And you know exactly what you're talking about. No. <laughs> so I look at it like, will, how does he know what he's talking about? I will scribble it down and then get back to our conversation. <laughs> and then at the end of the day, when I go to schedule it, I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Machinery. Machine, and I'm looking at my handwriting because I'm trying to write as fast as possible. <laughs> what was that? Was it Michigan? Was it machinery? What the hell am I talking about? Right. I have no idea. You have no clue. Dude, no. Hell no. <laughs> I faked it all these years. It's oh, my God. You've fake. done a great job at it. <laughs> so when when did it click? Because I was talking to a lot of the listeners, and this is something that they wanted me to ask you. I think this was pretty common amongst the questions that were related to me. Like, was there a moment for you when it just clicked, where you said, I got this. I'm okay. Like, this is really interesting. Again, something I haven't talked about on the show, and people want to hear about Jeff Dollar so much, so here you go. Yes, do it. All right, are you ready? Yes, sir. So on every show that I was on, up until my own show, I was kind of like the punchline guy. Like, mm. I was the guy that, at the very end of the break, they were, they were like, I was responsible for ending the break and say something funny, right? Mm-hmm. And then when we started this show, I became the point guard, and Jeff Dollar was the funny guy which took a lot of pressure off me. But I also think that I got kind of lazy on the air because he was so good at what he was doing that I never had to be funny. I remember Mm. a consultant coming in one time and going, okay, here's your role, here's your role. Uh, Jeff, you're the funny guy. Clearly, Bert, you're not the funny one, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, what? (laughs) (laughs) Because he really was a funny dude, right? So I didn't have to be that role anymore. Right. And when he left the show i was in such a panic man i was in such a panic because the show was doing so well but it really opened me up to be the guy that i always had been and it clicked for me when Kristen and i were doing the show alone for a couple of months and the ratings didn't go to shit right right and then i started to build some confidence there and then i just became more authentic so it clicked for me 15 years into doing the bird show. Is oh that so God. strange, man? Are you man? kidding me? I, yeah. 15 years. Yes. Holy shit. I, I think maybe he left a, a little bit before that, but somewhere around there. Like when he took off and I was really forced to like rely on what God gave me. Mm-hmm. And Kristen and I were relying on each Just two two people in the studio now, man. If If you suck today... We're going to suck because there's only two of us. Yeah, Uh, That's when I really felt like it clicked for me. It just became easier. Um, At at the same time, there was – the the chemistry of the show was different as well. And it put me more at ease and that made me such a better personality. Wow. That's some real shit right there. That is some real Oof. shit. Woo! Ugh. I love it. Ugh. It's funny you say that, too, because Ugh. I, it, ironically, one of the first times where I truly felt like, okay, I think I'm starting to understand this. I don't remember what exactly happened, but there was a time when it was pretty much like Kristen and I. Uh-huh. You remember that time? No. 
I don't remember exactly what happened. It was Kristen and I. And they, Katie knows. Say, open up your mic. You remember? Yeah, wasn't it time when Bert was out for something? Weren't you out for well, something? Well, something Bert happened. was out, but why wasn't Davi here? Huh? I don't remember that part. Uh-oh, now we're going to start a storyline. <laughs> I don't remember that part either, but I know Bert was out for a minute for something. Bert, I, well, yeah, it's been times when B has been out, but then, you know, it would be myself, Davi, and Kristen. But there was one day in particular, and I don't remember why it happened, but I remember it so much so that we put a sign on the Bird Show that and said it was like Kristen, Kristen and Mo. Yep. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Remember that? that? And I was, I was terrified. That was one of the scariest times when I knew I said tomorrow... You know, I got the email, and it was like, okay, it's just going to be it's gonna be you and Kristen tomorrow. You good? I wrote email back, and I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I went in the corner, and I cried. I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I can do this. But, yeah, there's something to that as I, to when you get thrown out there and you got you to gotta fight. I have never seen anybody in my life handle clutching up as well as you do every single time. Like, it feels to me... I, you know, that's why I'm always questioning, like, how you were brought up because I want to give that to my kids. Every challenge that comes your way, and I have thrown a lot of things at you, actually hoping you were going to fail. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> well, yes. So you learn something from it, right? Yes, sir. Motherfucker never fails. <laughs> like, always clutches up somehow. Like, I don't know if it's your talent or if it's your confidence, but... It's funny to me that you were nervous about that day because as a host, putting this show into yours and Kristen's hands or yours and Kristen's and Davi's hands is never nerve-wracking for me. Wow. That says a lot. Never. From what I know now about radio, at the time that it happened, I had no idea what you were really doing. Looking back on it now, that was a lot for you to have that level of confidence in us. So I, you know, I'll never forget this, that... um, when Kid Craddock was out, I tried to host the show. And I thought that I was kicking ass, man. I really, I would stay up late at night stressing about it because I wanted to be so good at it. So he'd be out and I would be running post and I would think that things were going great. And I walked in, my general manager in Dallas called me into the office after one of those days, after me just trying to be the best I could be, sitting me down and saying, you know what? Hosting's not for everybody. Mm. So maybe you just want to be like a co-host or sidekick, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it being crushing for me, just crushing. And I remember somewhere in the back of my mind when I finally had the opportunity to have other people shine when I was out, saying that even if the show isn't as good, it better not be as good, that when I'm out of a job, that I want them to be able to spread their wings and experiment and live with no fear. And as I said before, this is the most talented studio we have ever had. And there have been been other personalities before you guys that when I took off, I'd come back in on Monday and Tuesday and the program director would go, we can't do that again, man. We got to do a best of. Um... I don't have that fear anymore. And I always said, I I don't care what it sounds like. I want them to be them, right? And since there's this generation of the Burt Show, no program director has come in and said, we can't do that again. Wow. Yep. I've certainly felt like the moments where you have left and it's just been us, that's when I've had to spread my wings. You had yeah. I've had no choice, you know? But that's life, right? Like we we played the clip of Steve Harvey saying, hey, got to jump. You got to jump. And that's a piece of everything that I've gone through in my life. 
that's realistic. Even coming to the bird show, had to jump, had to leap. There was no safety net coming to Atlanta. You don't know anybody. You've never done this. You have no idea. You got to jump. And so, you know, in the moments when you've said, hey, I'm not going to be there. And it got to one point where it was literally just me and Kristen. And I was like, holy (laughs) shit, all of this is going to fail. This is going to be the moment when Bert says he is Kwame Brown. I am Michael (laughs) Jordan. And I should have never drafted him number one. (laughs) Look, in the first couple of weeks you were on the show, I was nervous, bro. (laughs) Yes, talk about it. I bet you were. You had to be. And I'm lying. It was the first couple of months. (laughs) (laughs) I can't. I'm like, because you were so quiet. Yeah. You were so quiet. I'm like, this is not the dude that I thought he was going to be. And at the time, Walter was actually more comfortable on the air than you were. He was. And I used to say to myself, my fucking, my radar is off. Like, (laughs) maybe Walter is the guy and Moe's not, you know, because you were so quiet and because you were going through so many things at the same time. Um, But I I, I was nervous. I was nervous. You did a great job of hiding it. I believe in your talent. That's your 97 percent, huh? (laughs) I believe in your talent. I really do. I'm like, once this guy gets comfortable, we're going to be good to go. And I, damn it, I was right. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, you were not good at first. No, I was... I was <laughs> B, listen, man. I know Katie better not be back there fucking laughing. She is laughing her ass off. Slipping and I'm stumbling like I can't see. Yeah, I'm blinded by my dreams. Every time they reach, cross over on me, knock me off my feet, yeah. Kyle Cover from three, yeah. I promise that it get deep, it ain't all that you see. Can you feel what I mean? Keep on raising the bar between the lines you should read. I've been bothered by these demons while I rest. I don't know if I could swallow reality when it is. I've been coping with my problems while trying to coexist. You might feel a little hopeless and broken, but don't you quit. Cause I swear to God, you probably even closer than you think. She get overwhelming, that's why I be smoking when I drink. Coast P, MOE, I stay so sleep. Y'all saw it before me and help me start to believe. I used to want it all like the money in the chain. Till I learn that all money ain't the same. Cause you could do it all for the money and the fame. But you gon' learn this way more money in the game. I used to want it all like the money in the chain. Till I learn that all money ain't the same. Cause you can do it all for the money and the fame. But you gon' learn this way more money in the game. Give me the game. I swear to y'all, I'm legit. Pick up the letter, but really been through some shit Before every stand-up show, I've learned to sit And think about the days I really wanted to quit So it's, it's like every show is my last Can't break everything that I want is glass Chasing all this money while outrunning my past For a future like a future, this shit that you gotta pass She could probably be so much more than I ask But the thing about having class is really there ain't a class uh, Anything that I learned, they gon' hate you for it all Even the stuff you were When taking all these same day trips wasn't a thing I was married to the phone, praying that it would ring Oof. Battles that I done fought I done been through this shit too long to come up short I used short. to want it all fine. like the money in the chain Till I learned that all money ain't the same Cause you could do it all for the money and the fame But you gon' learn this way more money in the game I used to want it all like the money in the chain Till I learn that all money ain't the same Cause you 
me the heart. I can't come to terms with my feelings. I think that it's too much to deal with. I drink, smoke the numb, pain and kill shit. I paint a different picture. I'm a realist. Strokes from the pressure in my lifetime. Escape untouched on the right side. Put these haters up out of my sideline. I'm sick of always playing Mr. Nice Guy. I used to want it all, like the money in the chain. Till I learn that all money ain't the same Cause you could do it all for the money and the fame But you gon' learn this way more money in the game I used to want it all like the money in the chain Till I learn that all money ain't the same Cause you can do it all for the money and the fame But you gon' learn this way more money in the game Give me the